Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tailgate with Kate. My name is Kate of said Tailgate with Kate, and I am here with Jacob Westendorf of Game on Wisconsin. How are you doing, Jacob? I'm doing well. I uh, was. I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to rat on you. I was supposed to be the first guest, but then you decided to become a celebrity. So since that <laughs> happened, I got bumped. And I will tell you, if I'm going to be bumped for anyone, Jamie, no last name, is going to be one of the people on that list that I'm more than happy to be bumped with on the same list as like Aaron Rodgers. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, those two people would probably be the only people that would kick you out of that position. I, uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> To be fair, I asked your permission um, before I asked Jamie. Um, I didn't want to just like totally ditch you, but uh, I it felt, uh, I don't want to say better to have Jamie on first, but it felt better to have Jamie on first. I, I appreciate that and I understand it. I'm going to take that as a compliment, not an insult. That's how I'm choosing to live. Okay, good, 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 good. I want to talk about how we connected because um, that's going to be part of this moving forward is I'm, I'm really bringing on people that I've connected with uh, on Twitter kind of in life. Uh, I don't really know how we got connected. Like we just started to become friends and then I saw you once. I remember. We were friends. Okay. okay. I remember. It was, it was around, uh, I, I knew who you were based on the internet um, and I'm sure we've probably crossed paths that way before, Yeah. but it really started around like the baseball trade deadline when there were rumors that Trevor story was on the block and right. there were also rumors that the New York Yankees, which is my affiliation, were trying to acquire him. And you are in love with Trevor story for several reasons, uh, not just his ability on the baseball diamond, but he's a beautiful man. And I was ready for him to be the shortstop of the Yankees. So mm-hmm. me, Nobody loves to push people's buttons more than me. So every day I had like a hashtag of like story to NYY or something like that. That's how we first started uh, becoming friends. That's right. That's right. We followed each other for Packers reasons. And then you decided to bring out the hate. Um, I And I told you I wouldn't mind if story went to the Yankees. Uh, I even told you I'd buy a jersey. Like I love Trevor Story. I think he is incredibly talented. I think the Rockies are holding him back. That's another episode for another day. But I would wish him the best if he went there. I would prefer him be in Milwaukee um, so that I can see his beautiful face like four times a week. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I would settle no, for it. He could come to New York once the stupid lockout ends. Like, he, it's still possible. Yeah, he could. Or the Rockies. I mean, he's with the Rockies still for a little bit. We'll see. They're not going to do anything smart, so I'm not worried about it. He's going somewhere, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I will hold it. What a contrast for you too, right? Like the Packers are one of the best organizations in the sport of the NFL, and the Rockies are like one of the worst. Like they have Nolan Arenado. They sign him to this extension, and then they trade him because of money. Like that's it. Right. Just pennies on the dollar Yeah. because they decided they didn't want to pay him anymore. Yeah. It. Like I said, another episode for another day, but – they're terrible. Um, but there was a time uh, at the very end of the season where, uh, well, beginning of time when they were actually pretty good, um, you know, you the Blake Street Bombers and, and those guys. But I, for a second, when they were playing at the end of the season, I was like, are we, are we going to go to the playoffs? Not that I thought we would do anything in the playoffs. There's no way. But we almost got in. And that was kind of wild. Uh, we would have been out first round, like no doubt, but it would have been really cool to be kind of the shit end of the stick and get into the playoffs. But um, so you're a Yankees fan and a Packers fan. And um, do you watch basketball? 
I do. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. And then I am the weirdo that has two different college affiliations for college football. I'm a Michigan Wolverine and for basketball, I'm a Wisconsin Badger. So okay. I assume you want to get into that as to how the hell that happened. But yeah, yeah. I'm uh, more than willing to talk about that. I do, but you're not the only one. Um, for football, I'm a K-State fan. And for basketball, I'm a Marquette fan. Um, so you're not alone. Still weird, but not alone. Um, okay, tell me, let's start with, uh, let's start with the Packers. What, what happened? Because you don't live in Wisconsin. Sure. So, no, I'm 30. Uh, so I was born in 1991. And my first image that I have in my head from football is watching Brett Favre run around the Superdome with his helmet above his head. Uh, I loved everything about that man from when I was a child until they traded him, uh, really. And that was, that was like the big test. I remember my parents telling me was when they traded him, if they thought I would stay with him or if I would stay with the Packers. And, and I was taught that you have one team and you stay with that team. So I've always been a fan of root for the Jersey and not the name on the back of it. So if, and when the Packers inevitably trade Aaron Rodgers, I will also just still be a Packers fan, but yeah, growing up watching Favre, uh, I live in, you know, the Illinois area and the Bears were terrible when I was a kid. So the Packers were on TV a bunch because of that. I think that certainly shaped it. And then my favorite color when I was a kid was green and that was the Packers main Jersey color, obviously. So that was pretty simple. That was an easy one for me. Yeah. And you're close enough that it's not too weird. I mean, being in Illinois. No, I only live three hours away, so it's a short trip. And I yeah. can spit and it'll land in a boy. So it's, <laughs> right, it's not right, that far away. Right. Well, and, and when you live in Illinois and the Bears suck, you go to the next best option, and, and we're definitely the closest. So it makes it, that one makes sense. Okay, so then we'll move on to basketball. You said a Mavericks fan? Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I grew up in the – well, I grew up. I was very, very little in the Jordan era, and I was a Bulls fan. When Jordan retired, I remember watching him take his last shot for the Bulls against the Jazz. I remember watching all them playoff runs – well, all of them. I remember watching some of those playoff runs. Uh, and then the way the story was told to me when I was an impressionable seven-year-old was that Jordan and Pippen and Jackson and all those guys wanted to come back and that the Bulls organization told them no – and my dad said, you will never, ever root for an organization that tells the greatest player of all time that they don't want him. And yes, to everybody who's listening, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player that has ever touched a basketball. But after that, I kind of dabbled with the Utah Jazz a little bit just because they were the, so when I was, you know, 97 and 98, I was six and seven. They were on TV a bunch. And then I remember watching a, a game where they played against Dirk Nowitzki, Michael Finley, and Steve Nash. And that was like the first bit of that. The Mavericks at that time were fun to watch. They scored a lot of points, didn't play any semblance of defense. That's why they didn't win a lot of titles in that little stretch. They never won with Dirk and Nash, as anybody who's a basketball fan probably knows. Um, but, yeah, I became a fan watching Nowitzki and, and Wisconsin legend Michael Finley uh, pound the rock. Awesome. Awesome. Um I, oh my gosh, I just had something to say and I lost my train of, you mentioned something. Oh, the greatest basketball. Okay. So I will agree with you. Michael Jordan is definitely the greatest basketball player of all time. Who do you think is the best playing right now? I have this argument quite often. Well, I'm on a Wisconsin show, so I got to say Giannis, right? Um, oh, no, I, I, no, I, you I, don't. Don't say Giannis. He's not the best. I'm sorry. He's not the best. I, I do think Giannis is, uh, here's the way I worded it before the season is. So basically until last year, maybe the year prior, LeBron James has been the best player since 2007-ish. It's been a long time that he's been the best player in the sport. 
now you could tell me a conversation that we could have and I wouldn't argue with you is if you said Giannis I wouldn't argue with that I wouldn't argue with Kevin Durant and I wouldn't argue with Steph Curry or even still LeBron I don't think LeBron is but I think he's still on that short list he's, he's really good he's really talented say what you will about some of the antics and stuff like that but any of those four guys I think you yeah. can argue but and I'm not a Bucks fan like I just mentioned but when you have a 50 point 80 percent shooting 100 percent from the free throw line close out in the finals uh, and you're the reigning, reigning NBA Finals MVP and all that stuff off of that. Yeah, I think you you hold that title for a little while, but it's fluid. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think you definitely named four of the the top five. And I think that fifth spot would be kind of weird to it would be ever changing. I think um, I'm a I'm a big Kevin Durant fan. Um, I wouldn't even say I'm a fan. I just I think he is the best basketball player at this point in time of uh, the man's incredible. So he is, I will argue until the end of time or until he doesn't play basketball anymore, that he is currently the best basketball player. I mean, he's so good. He's so good. And part of it came from watching in person, you know, going to the, the uh, Nets um, series in Milwaukee. I went to all three of those games and it was embarrassing for like me to even think that the man wouldn't make the shot. Like, anytime he just walked up he he could literally throw it away and it went in the basket it was ridiculous um he you know stumbles a little bit on defense but he's a tiny man like compared to Giannis he is so small um you know he's tall and and stringy but but he's so good but this isn't a basketball show I'll argue with other people about that but I just wanted to know your opinion um okay so moving on to baseball so you're a Yankees fan Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were on TV a lot when I was younger. My aunt, uncle, uh, my uncle actually, she married him after I was born, and he lived in the Bronx for a while. Um, so they sent me a Yankee hat when I was probably like six years old. Uh, I didn't know at the time that they were the most hated team in the world, uh, but I do know <laughs> I that love now, that. And, that, and that and that's okay. Um, when you're a fan of a team like that, so here's the thing: when you're a fan of like, well, now I guess it would be the Bucks, like Tom Brady or the Patriots or the Cowboys or or the Yankees or, you know, whoever it is in the Lakers, you got to kind of embrace the fact that you're the villain. And when your team wins the title, nobody's going to be happy for you. And I've embraced that as a Yankee fan Um, probably helps the fact that I'm a Packers fan in this area, because when the Packers win, nobody in my hometown is happy for me. So uh, I've, I've embraced that, but yeah, Jeter was my favorite player growing up still is. Uh, if you want to tell me he's overrated, go argue with a wall. Cause I really don't give a shit what you think or say. Um, <laughs> he was incredible. He was fun to watch. Some of those teams were so much fun to watch when I was a kid. Um, you know, there are some things about the team that I don't particularly like, you know, Alex Rodriguez was a guy that was hard to root for by the end of his uh, stretch here. Not just because the steroid thing is whatever, because to me, it's like everybody was doing it. It's just certain guys have gotten caught and right. they decided that these guys were worse than the others. It's just Alex is like him and Russell Wilson are on the short list of like the least genuine people I have ever personally seen on a camera. And right. it's just, then you got like Alex had that photo shoot where he's kissing himself in the mirror. Just, there's a lot of weird things that follow a rod. Um, yeah. you know, there's some things about kind of the team in general, I guess, but yeah, I love him. Um, and I understand everybody hates me for that. And that's okay. I only hate you because you are mean to me about my players. If you weren't mean to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, hey, go Yankees every once in a while. But I, I got to be honest, though. I, I don't watch a lot of uh, baseball outside of going to Brewers games um, and the Rockies games that I catch on TV. I, I can't sit and just watch any baseball game. Like, 
you know, I watched football all weekend and I can, if there's nothing on TV and I'm like trying to relax for the night or whatever, I can throw on a hockey game and it doesn't matter who's playing and I can watch it. Baseball's not like that for me. Like I have to have some sort of investment um, or give a shit about the game. You know, I watch the World Series. I love watching the World Series, but you're talking, you know, the top however many teams battling it out. It's going to be a good game where I can't just throw on a random. Baseball is a sport that's like built for you to watch it in the ballpark whereas right. like the nfl is so built college football is that way too but so built to be watched college football a little different because of the party atmosphere but it's so built to be watched on tv whereas right. baseball it's like in the park you're cool with walking around and yeah. grabbing a beer in between innings and stuff like that because you yeah. i mean you might miss something but you also might not but yeah i yeah. love it i i own the extra innings package i watch every yankee game that's on um, yeah but i understand that not a lot of people are that way and that's one of baseball's biggest problems is that you, yeah. know, you don't have a lot of, and there's so many, there's so many games too, to where like, like in the middle of the year, the Braves will lose, you know, six out of 10 and everyone's like, Oh, are the Braves done? It's like, well, no. no. And then of course they win the world series. Like, right. yeah, that's, that's where the NFL has the most advantages. There's 16, well, 17 games. And then the playoffs are one and done. You know, and I think right. when you talk about excitement, it's that one and done. That's why in baseball, we love basketball too. We love game sevens. Cause it's right. that single elim and it's over, you know, it's you win or you don't. And if you don't, then you go home. I actually had this conversation with someone uh, last night, actually talking about the, the seven game uh, series of, of certain sports, you know, hockey is that way. All of my other sports are that way other than football. Um, but that's part mm-hmm. of the fascinating thing to me is going through those games and uh, looking at the strategy that you have to talk about uh, playing seven games. Like when you have a one and done, you don't have much of a strategy. I mean, of course they do, but the strategy is do what you need to do to win. Where when you have a game four that you're looking at, that it's not a elimination game. Uh, you don't have to play your best players. That's a rest game. You know, you purposely play who you know isn't going to go all out and, and could possibly lose the game for you. Um, hockey's that way. You know, they have 73 games. And some of these games, when you're playing a trash team and they know that the record isn't going to matter if you lose. They're not going to gain any grounds on you. Uh, you play your third string goalie or your second string goalie with the anticipation that you might lose. And so part of the seven games, this is kind of a tangent, but part of the seven games to me is fun to watch just because of the strategy. Yeah. And you've got the, you know, the, the NBA is that way too. Like, you know, we talk about load management. Like if, if you're on a second game of a back-to-back and say you're the Bucks, and the Bucks are playing, you know, they played, the Lakers, I know the Lakers aren't very good. So they played the Nets last night. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they play some team who's in the lottery or tanking for the number one pick. It's like, okay, well, right. Giannis doesn't need to play tonight. We could still probably win if Giannis and Holiday and, and Middleton and those guys don't play. Take a rest, um, yeah. That's where it is a little different. It's it's the equivalent of, like, Green Bay is playing Jacksonville, you know, next week. And it's like, oh, Aaron doesn't need to play today. Like, teams would never willingly play their backup quarterback the way they do in in other sports. Right. Right. Um, okay. Moving on to hockey. I, you and I talk, uh, often about hockey and cause you're mean to me. Um, <laughs> but you claim you're not much of a hockey fan, but you have a lot of, I'm words, not. you have a lot of words to say to me. So you clearly are a little bit. So tell me about it. So here's the thing. When I was younger, my next door neighbors were huge hockey people. So I played street hockey. I learned how to skate. Um, 
roller skate. I never learned how to ice skate. The one time I ice skated, I broke my arm and I'll never go back. But yeah, my next door neighbors were, we played with hockey pucks and balls and I've probably still got bruises and stuff from when I was a kid from playing goalie and, and trying to play as a scorer and stuff like that. But I was, uh, they were Detroit Red Wing fans when I was growing up. And so that was my affiliation until 2002. And when 2002 hit, that was a lockout work stoppage where the entire season was gone. And by the time the season was back, I didn't know a lot of the players that were on Detroit's team anymore. Mm -hmm. And even if I was, even when I was a hockey fan, it was far and away my fourth sport after football, basketball, baseball, Uh, not in that order, flip basketball and baseball. But yeah, the reason I talked to you is because I know when I was younger, and I don't even know if this is still a thing. This is how much I paid attention, but I know the Avalanche and the Red Wings were big rivals. Uh, I remember, you know, Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and Patrick Waugh and Ray Bork and, and some of those guys. And the last game I can remember watching and being nervous for was a game seven between Detroit and Colorado in 2002. And Detroit won seven to nothing. Waugh got pulled and Detroit ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. Uh, against the against the hurricanes um but yeah that was the last time I was nervous for anything like that I know some of the players now my hockey knowledge basically is rooting against the Chicago Blackhawks because I used to work in retail and I remember having to work like a 14-hour day because the Hawks won a Stanley Cup that night so we had to stay <laughs> open for hats and t-shirts yeah. I worked at the newspaper and had to stay over for deadlines because of a hockey game and of course they were playing phoenix that year so they're on west coast time and the game doesn't start till freaking 10 o'clock like but yeah i just kind of root against the blackhawks in general now i like to poke fun at people that that are hockey fans and that's fine if you're a hockey fan i personally don't care that you are my my philosophy on everything is like what you like yeah um the only the only issue i take are what i call the inferiority complex hockey fans and those are the people saying how can you watch basketball but not watch hockey it's like well I'm entertained by one and and not as entertained by the other and that's okay that you think hockey is more entertaining but don't fault me because I'd rather watch a game three of the eastern conference semifinals than I would a game seven of you know the western conference finals in hockey and I know they kind of intersect so there's that natural rivalry but you know in general it's just not that entertaining to me. I've tried and it, probably because I don't have that team affiliation anymore. And I know I looked, <laughs> I actually looked before the show. I know Detroit's not very good anymore. So that probably didn't help. Um, but I don't think I couldn't name one player on the Red Wings. I couldn't name, you know, I know Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. Honestly, my hockey knowledge comes from following you and Janelle Mackey on Twitter. That is it. That's, that's how I know anything. I love that for us. Um, that that's great. Um, yeah, that the Red Wings are terrible. The Red Wings suck. Um, so you're not missing anything, but it, it kind of sucks. That was such a great rivalry. Um, and now that we're not in the same division anymore, it doesn't even matter. Uh, we don't care about the Red Wings. That was so, it was so fun. I mean, I remember going to Avalanche Red Wings games and just anytime any player got the puck, we booed. Like it was just such a fun environment and we had such a fun, I, I went to a game with a, a friend of mine. He's a Red Wings fan. And after the game, the Red Wings won. Uh, and so the avalanche loss, I'm in my avalanche stuff. He's in his Red Wings stuff. And I, we probably got 10 or 15 comments on the way out. Like, and he, him and I are just friends, but we would get comments like, I hope you're not on a date with that guy or, um, you know, you need to break up with that guy. And 
it's just a fun, friendly rivalry to me. Like to me, it's like the bears, like the bears are terrible. So there's not really a lot of rivalry, but it's fun. It's fun to poke fun a little bit. Um, you know, the, the Vikings get a little nasty. Um, so, but it wasn't like that. It was just, yeah, the worst. Um, but now the, the wild are in our, our division and they're kind of assholes. And so we, it's kind of the same feelings I have towards them that I have towards the Vikings, but, um, okay. That's, you have some wild teams. So it was, (laughs) we had to get that out of the way. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of things going on in sports that are not like sports, sports related kind of. Um, something I want to do on, on the podcast. That's interesting. (laughs) They're related to sports, but it's not like who won the game. Um, sure. I, part of the podcast, you know, a lot of people said that they wanted to talk about, uh, more maybe like social aspects of the game, uh, and less of scores and, and standings and things like that. Um, one that you actually brought to me, uh, was about, uh, Malik McDowell. So, uh, he was arrested. <laughs> why, are, why are you laughing so hard? I, I haven't finished what I'm saying. Because I, I'm sorry, because I know the story, but yeah, go on. <laughs> well, you brought it to me, so I appreciate it. I hadn't heard about this. So the Browns, def- um, defensive linemen, uh, McDowell was arrested after stripping naked near a school, which is first of all bad. Um, but then he went to punch a cop. So not only did he strip naked near school, but uh, we have the punching of a cop thrown in there. Um, I'm so sad. This is very clearly a um, an issue. Like this, it, it's a very much like a Antonio Brown kind of situation, and it makes me sad. And I didn't even read the article. A different kind of assault here when it comes to uh, Mr. McDowell than it comes to Mr. Brown. But yeah, I. Um, <laughs> I was going to make some joke along the lines of what stripping naked in front of a school is not a normal thing, but yeah, I can't picture the headspace I would have to get into to yeah. be like, I'm standing in front of the school and you know what I need to do? I need to be naked. Need to get right naked. Now. Um, and my favorite part of the story and my favorite, and I say that because I joke about things that are tragic. That's how I deal with them. That's my, uh, what do they call it on Twitter? Toxic trait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that I joke about stuff like that. Um, he makes it worse than by the cop who's trying to arrest him. He punches him. Right. So now he went from, you know, public indecency to assaulting a police officer, which is, I mean, that might put him in jail. You know, that's yeah. public indecency is get some like community service and, and some stuff like but that. But it also but was by a school. Now you're probably going probably. to jail. Like, it could be a sex offender type yeah. thing. Yeah. I, it's, it's a sad story. Like all jokes aside, it's a, it's a sad story. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly this man needs, needs some help. Uh, this is yeah. a pattern of behavior with him since he came out of college. There were some whispers about McDowell being uh, the word that is used as unstable. And I mean, I don't know what says unstable more than stripping naked in front of a school and then punching the punching cop trying cop. to arrest you. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully justice is served and then he gets the help that he needs once it is. Yeah. And I, I hope it doesn't turn into one of those things. Um, you know, he's with the Browns and they haven't said whether they're releasing or not or any of that. It, you know, it's, it's a brand new thing, but um, I struggle a lot with the NFL and sports in general, really perpetuating those kind of things. Um, and some people, I can't say, I'm not saying people can't change, like people can change. Some crappy things have happened with a lot of players um, and then they're signed and, and things change. But um, 
in situations like this, they often don't. So hopefully he gets the help if uh, he, he wants to come back to football and he's ready to. I hope it happens. But I also hope that uh, if he's not ready, that they don't let him because that's a lot to, to take on and expect him to handle professionally and, and get his own shit taken care of. The unfortunate reality that we all kind of accept as we become sports fans is that name your league, you know, the NFL, 32 of 32 teams. Andrew Brand always says talent dictates tolerance. So for example, if, and I hate to use this as an example because it's not the same thing, but like Deshaun Watson has 22 of those cases against him for sexual assault. That's going to be an innocent till proven guilty type of situation for him. Whereas mm-hmm. if, you know, some random slapdick third string quarterback has one case, like he's cut tomorrow. Right. Um, it's the unfortunate reality. And the only, not the only, an issue I take with the way that those things are covered is you guys watched the game on Sunday night and, Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night where, you know, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger is being deified as he's walking up the field. This guy has two separate sexual assault allegations in two separate states where civil suits found him guilty. Like he paid those women um, for mm-hmm. to basically make that stuff go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can, can he change off something like that? Maybe. Uh, but I'm not going to be the one to give him the benefit of the doubt. Certainly not. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the way that that's covered. And I can promise you, this time next year, if Deshaun Watson's playing, and I anticipate that he will be, and has an MVP, he's one of the best players in the sport when he plays, has an MVP caliber season, we'll be talking about redemption and an adversity and all this stuff that Watson went through, which is all self-induced. And it's, it's an unfortunate way that those things are covered. Um, you know, and I wish that they were covered. It's why I give credit. You know, I remember 10 years ago when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, and it was basically being pitched as Ray Lewis's personal Super Bowl. And Boomer Esiason basically said on national television, don't forget, this guy's involved in an unsolved murder case. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we should be making this his personal Super Bowl. It's very rare that you get somebody to, to bring that up. And, and I could be wrong, um, but I do not recall seeing any stories written about Roethlisberger that were like, hey, Ben retired. He was a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. And oh, by the way, also probably a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, there was a graphic that came out uh, during the game that like listed all of these qualities of of Big Ben, and at the very like very bottom, it said family man, and I it just makes me sick. And I I get that there are people that like him, and that's it's fine, whatever. But I I just can't get on board with it. And I think about um and, and Jacob, I'm I'm sorry to that we're talking about this because this you and I I brought it of, up, so it's my fault. The, yeah, I this wasn't on my agenda to talk about today, but um, I, I tweeted the other day that I, it breaks my heart for the people that have to listen that have been sexually assaulted um, that have to listen to that. Um, and I know that there are women out there um, that have had similar things happen to them um, and had to watch uh, their abusers be glorified um, and, and something can trigger it. I can't imagine having it be one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know, some in high school or in college, I was sexually assaulted and uh, my abuser was went to school with me and I watched him do things and then he got married and had a baby. And like, those things are frustrating. Like, I can't imagine it being at the caliber of a NFL quarterback. <laughs> like, I, I can't even begin to fathom. And so I think about the women um, that have to, talk about that on national television, um, which I can almost guarantee 
that some of them have been sexually assaulted and then go on to cover a game and have to say bullshit that about a person that is not a great person. And and you, and you can say all good things about his gameplay, maybe not this season because he was trash, but um, you can say good things about his gameplay. He, he brought them super bowls. He, he played for the city of Pittsburgh and, and delivered. And that's great. Um, I don't care. (laughs) He's still a rapist in my mind and I will forever, um, feel that way when he gets inducted into the hall of fame as he no doubt will um i know he will i will still say the same thing if it happens to deshaun watson i will be sure that every time he plays for whatever team he's playing i will remind people that he is a sexual sexual abuser like i can't put it any other way it's an unfortunate situation like i said it's an unfortunate way that that those things get covered Mm -hmm. um because we do and we have a tendency to do this anyways right we have a tendency to glorify celebrities and athletes in general. So it's in a, on a very, very base elementary level. It's almost like it's being said, it's okay what you do off the field, just throw touchdown passes when you're on the field. And like you said, Ben's a first ballot hall of famer. There's, there's no question about that on the field. He's one of the you know best quarterbacks, one of the 15 best quarterbacks I've ever seen play in my 30 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot to be said and about uh, the human side. of it. Let's move on to something happier in the news because that was Please. a little depressing. Um, so, and I, I really should have researched how to say her last name because now I feel like an asshole. Um, Catherine, uh, from the Eagles, she's the VP of football operations, um, has been requested to have an interview for the Vikings GM position, um, which as a, a woman, that's great. But I'm also a little concerned that it's the Vikings because, uh, if she's the Vikings GM, she might do something cool. And I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but it's awesome for her. I think that's really cool that she's even working for the Eagles. Um, she's the highest ranked uh, woman in football right now as it stands. Um, and she would only be the second female GM, I think is what it said. Let me make sure I get this. I think she's the second ever interview. She would be the first Unless like Virginia McCaskey or somebody like that was standing as the GM for the Chicago Bears for some time, but I would there, have to check that to be sure. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna check this and I'll I'll put it in the description um, to correct myself. But there was one article that said um, that she's not the first that there was another female GM, and I can't remember who it was or what team. Um, but it's cool. Other it, anyways, um, I to even be the second is super cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's like you mentioned. I would be uh, I would be rooting for her to. I shouldn't say it that way, but her to fail. I would be rooting <laughs> yeah, for the Vikings yeah. to fail because no, it, because it's because it's the Vikings. But but it is cool. You know, you're starting to see some some progress like that. Um, you know, some of the smartest football people I know are women. Uh, Maggie Loney, Aaron Alice, Jen Mackey, Perry Goldstein, Kate. You don't have a yeah. last name. Um, <laughs> I know your last name, but I won't say it for protection purposes because I don't you. know if you're comfortable with that. But, <laughs> um, you know, there's some progress that way. Uh, mm. I despise, I push back in general on the whole, you don't know because you didn't play thing. Yeah. And that is almost exclusively what is thrown in the face of a woman when they have that. It's just like, it's the same, it's the same concept. You know, I didn't play football above high school, but I like to think I know a thing or two about what's going on mm-hmm. and it's able to be learned. Um, and I think you've started to see some of these new age players Start to, you know, the NBA, Becky Hammond was the right-hand woman to 
uh, Greg Popovich for forever. And Popovich might be the greatest NBA coach that's ever played. She got some NBA head coaching interviews before taking uh, the highest paid position in the WNBA as one of their head coaches. Um, so it is kind of cool to see. And as somebody who's, you know, I have a, I have a daughter and the idea that she could grow up in 20 years and, and not have doors closed off to her just because of the way she was born. Um, it, it's a cool thing to see. So, you know, hopefully it's, it's similar to the way like, you know, Katie Sowers and, and some of those people that were coaches in the NFL. I know the university of Michigan's got a couple of women on their coaching staff with Jim Harbaugh. Um, it's a cool thing to see. Uh, and just, you know, it, it feels like, uh, guys that think they know what the hell they're talking about that really don't, that are threatened by the fact that there's more competition in that community. now. Yeah. Whoever is the best for whatever the part, the position, like it doesn't matter. And sometimes a woman is going to be better. And I think that's hard for some men to grasp. And I don't want this to turn into a man hating session because it's not, um, it, it just, I hope that with this GM position, that if she's the best person for the job, that she gets it. Um, and then I hope she fails because she works for the Vikings, but only because of that. Um, but I, I hope that they take that into consideration and it's just the best person for the job gets it. And if she gets it, I will be so stoked for her. Uh, along those lines, I saw that they, I can't even remember the team. I'm super prepared tonight. Um, but there was a athletic trainer that was the first or one of few women. It was like maybe the third woman to be behind the bench as an athletic trainer. Um, behind the bench trainers are usually men. Uh, they have trainers that are women, but they're, you know, in the a training room or they're dietitians or things like that. But um, she was one of the, the first few athletic trainers to be behind the bench in a hockey game. And to me, that is absolutely wild. Like, what is so specific about that position that you've only hired men? <laughs> like, it blows my mind. So big things are happening, and I love that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer for you on that because I'm just thinking, like, when I was in high school, we had a female athletic trainer. And, like, yeah. I was never uncomfortable or anything. Like, yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> she taped up without getting gross, but, like, some delicate areas sometimes. Yeah. So it was never something that was, like – uncomfortable or anything like that. So right. yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer for, for that. And if it is uncomfortable at the professional level, or I mean, of, of course, specifically high school, like if it's uncomfortable, it sh shouldn't happen. But at a professional level, it should, you should be so professional that it's not even a question on the player side and the trainer side. Um, and if it's not professional, then that person should go. I mean, that's seems yeah. pretty black and white. Um, so I don't have an answer either, uh, but it's awesome to see. I'm stoked for, um, all of the women that are getting involved, you know, we have high paid coaches and, and trainers and things of the sort. So I'm very excited about that. Um, let's move on to wildcard weekend. Cause I have some things to say to you, <laughs> but we're going to start. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll say, I'll take my beating get, get out the way. <laughs> we'll start with, uh, do we have Thursday night game? I don't even remember. No, it was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday. Monday. Okay. So Saturday's games, Bengals, Raiders, and then Bills, played? Patriots. Was that it? There were just two. Oh my gosh. And then, yep. And then Sunday you had the three. I, I don't blame you for not remembering because the, there were only of the games so this weekend, bad. there were only two that were competitive. Uh, the Raiders and the Bengals came down to the final play. And then so mm -hmm. did Cowboys and Niners, which uh, I'm sure we'll want to talk about that, but yeah. 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 Um, 
kind of a dud of a weekend otherwise because it was a bunch of ass whippings. Yeah. Um, I, I was really sad about a couple. Um, the Bengals Raiders game, I, I didn't care either way. I, I had pros and cons. For yes, you team. did. No, 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 no. We're not talking about my Twitter feed. We're talking about the real truth. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I would have been, <laughs> I would have been happy either way. Here's the thing with the Raiders. Uh-huh. I would have been stoked about it because I do love Carr. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's far too good for the Raiders. Um, but the Raiders have had a tough season. Um, you know, they've had some issues uh, to say the least with their Put team. Mildly. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been really cool because they would have been the first team um, to win a playoff game with a stand in head coach. So that would have been kind of cool, um, but they just had a season and I just would have liked to see them make it to the first round and, or through the first round. And I, I do really like Carr. I think he's a very good quarterback. Um, however, with the Bengals, all of my feelings about Burrow aside, I think that they played a good season. Um, they deserved it more, I think, as far as football goes, you know, taking, removing all of the things that happened out off the field with the Raiders. Um, the Bengals undoubtedly played a better season. And so I, I did think that they deserved it more. Um, so I would have been happy either way, but I am super excited about the Bengals. Uh, and Joe Burrow, because <laughs> I love him. And I, I also him, but that's love not Joe Burrow, but for different reasons. Um, you don't want to bang him? No. Um, okay. No, he's he's very cute, but not my type. This um, is, this is a safe space. You can say it. No, that's okay. I appreciate that it, this would be a safe <laughs> space, but that is my, um, my affinity. It goes for a couple certain men, but those okay. remain to myself. Okay. Uh, out of respect for their privacy, but Burrow is somebody that anybody who beats Alabama is is good in my book. And you know, I'm a amateur draft expert, which I know those two words don't make sense when you put them together, amateur and expert. But mm-hmm. I loved Joe Burrow coming out. Um, my cousin is from Louisiana. He's a big LSU fan. Uh, my cousin that you guys have probably seen me talk about that was shot last year was a big LSU fan. So I got a soft spot for the Tigers, uh, mostly because of her. Um, and, and Burroughs and LSU Tigers. So I enjoy watching him. I think he is the next big thing. Like, I think I said this after the game was over. It felt like, you know, all year we talk in the last year and a half, really. And I think it's because Burrow blew his ACL out last year, but we talk about, you know, quarterback is who's the next big one. Cause it seems like for years it's been Rogers Brady, Rogers Brady. And then you have like Mahomes and Josh Allen and some of those dudes kind of jump in Burrow to me, we talk a lot about Justin Herbert and Herbert's great in his own right. Um, but at the same time, I think Burrow's better and I think Burrow's going to be better. And I feel like his greatness is not talked about as much as Justin Herbert's and like the rebuttal to that from people is like, well, Herbert plays for the chargers. It's like Joe Burrow plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like on Saturday, the Bengals won their first playoff game in my lifetime. And I'm old, I'm 30. That's their first playoff win in my lifetime. And I think they're going to win on Saturday against the Titans and play for the AFC championship. And that to me is incredible because that's a team that's not ready to do something like that yet. You know, Jamar Chase is one of their best players. He's a rookie. Joe Burrow, second year player, didn't play all of last year, most of last year. Uh, They got some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Zach Taylor is a newish head coach. Burrow is awesome. And he is very entertaining. And I, I enjoy my quarterbacks with a little bit of swagger to them. 
Um, you know, there's nothing, there's a image last year when the Packers play the Rams from the NFC divisional round. And it's right before the touchdown pass to Alan Lazard and Rogers puts his hand under Corey Lindsley's butt and he just smiles as he gets under center. And Eric Crocker of locked on 49ers says, you know, you're effed when, when Rogers has that smile on his face and Burrow has that kind of swagger too. He smokes the cigars after the games are over. He does the victory stuff. He kind of says like, no, I didn't mind running it up. They did it on us last year. We'll keep playing to the whistle till the game's over. I love Joe Burrow and not because of his level of attractiveness, which I feel like might be driving some of your affinity. I actually think Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. This has nothing to do with his dancing after wins because that is perfection. But I think he is good. And I, the Bengals, you know, people are saying so you have oh, eyes. That's a really good start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So to prepare for my fight with you and I'm really sad about it, but I left it all in Wisconsin cause I'm not in Wisconsin right now. I left, uh, all of my notes in Wisconsin. Um, but to prepare for my fight with you, I, um, I asked everyone what they thought the top three quarterbacks were for the year. And the most common of course are Brady, Brady and Rogers. Um, and then it was a mix of Herbert, uh, and Burrow. Uh, they, they really? were, yeah, that was uh, – like Mahomes or Allen Ma- or some of those Mahomes were, really was thrown in there too. I would say those three those three were, were mixed in there. So what I did was I took those um, stats, the, the most common QB stats there, and then I took – I asked also who, who people thought were the worst, which is incredibly embarrassing because um, someone said Jones. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Mac Jones is not that bad. Like he's no. not that bad. But I forgot that the Giants quarterback is also Jones. I was like, I had n- no idea. I Oh, he's terrible. And <laughs> he's, he's, re- terrible. he's really bad. Uh, the stats show that he is very bad. But I did not realize that that was his name. I had no idea who the quarterback of the New York Giants was, which is embarrassing. But I, also, I've never watched uh, a Giants game uh, for this season. So um, I had no You're idea. You're not missing anything. I watched them once, and that was more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the one thing about going to all the games is that I miss all the other games. So any games mm-hmm. that are played on, on a Sunday when I'm up in Green Bay, I, I don't get to see them, and I don't record them, and I don't analyze them. Like, I, I just don't want to do that. But I took – so it was – Jones with the Giants. Um, a lot of some people said Cousins, which I don't think Cousins was as bad as I'd like to say he was. Um, I can't remember who the other like really, really. No, really it feels like, like Daniel Jones and like rookies, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Justin Lawrence, Fields, yeah. Like, but Fields wasn't. It feels on like my that list. group should be in there. Right, it's Fields, interesting because he had a rough year. That Fields sorry, was on my Jay. list. Yeah, sorry, Jay, but not yeah, sorry. just he had a. I mean, he's a rookie, but like he had a bad year. Well, I didn't put him on there because he didn't play a majority of the games. I mean, he played a lot of games, sure. but um, he was hurt for some of it. He didn't start for some of it. Um, so I didn't want to put him in there. I wanted to put guys that played, you know, 15 to 17 games uh, just to kind of keep it fair. Um, but stats wise, um, Joe Burrow's very good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Um and I think when you watch him, he makes very smart decisions. Um, he is kind of on that Mahomes Rogers thing where he's not making stupid mistakes. He's not throwing into double coverage. He's not, you know, if he needs to throw it away, he doesn't mind throwing it away, which I think is a skill set that 
people take a um they take for granted with Rogers. You know, people always want to compare. Yes. People want to compare anybody to Rogers on the interception rate. And I said, it's not fair. It's not fair for you to compare any other quarterback in the league, even Brady. It's unfair. And to that's going to be the hardest part for Packer fans when the next quarterback ultimately lines, it whether it's Jordan Love or somebody else down the line, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna turn the ball over more than Rodgers because Rodgers yeah. just and it's crazy that it's taken this kind of shift because before Rodgers we had Brett Favre who obviously leads the NFL all time in interceptions. So right. we're used to watching a great quarterback that has a propensity to turn the ball over. So it is going to be, that's going to be the hardest adjustment. I think when, yeah. if, and when Rodgers is, is not the quarterback for the Packers any mm-hmm. longer is the next guy, he's not going to go through the season and throw three interceptions, which is right. just bonkers to me that Rodgers does that. Yeah. And it's, I hate when it's brought out, like it's a bad thing. It's like, no, it's, it's still a good thing to not turn the ball over. Like, trust me, it's it's really a good thing when Rodgers goes through a season. Now, that doesn't mean he had a great year just because he only threw two picks, but it's still a good thing when he doesn't turn the ball over. And Burrow's very much that way as well. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, when I was comparing stats and I almost threw out the interception stats, but everyone else is pretty much uh, kind of right on track. You know, they're throwing 30, 35 to 40 touchdowns um, when they're in this top tier to 15 interceptions. Um was kind of like the stat, which is wild when you look at Rodgers, who was almost 50 touchdowns to, I don't even know what his actual, was it three? I thought it was. Uh, I think it was four for this year. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know six was last year. But either way, single digits. And you have guys like Brady that threw, I think, 14 in the regular season. Um, You have Herbert who threw, I think, 17 in the regular season. Um, Okay, so – backtracking to the, to the game. So I, I was okay with the Raiders. Um, Bills and Patriots. I didn't really care about that. I really just didn't care. Uh, I'm really, really happy for the Bills. I, I really do want them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think they're good enough to go this year still, but I do like Josh Allen. I think he's very good. Um, I... I just don't think they'll get there, but I was okay with that. I, I was really excited uh, about the Patriots being there in the first place, um, which is probably a hot take. But um, I think it only validates my feelings that Tom Brady maybe isn't the, the greatest quarterback to ever touch a football. Um, he's just the most decorated quarterback to ever touch a football. Um, Bill Belichick, however, is the greatest coach of all time. And I, I'll stand by that. He cheated, whatever. I don't care. Um, to take rookie quarterbacks and do what he does and to make the Patriots team look remotely close to what they look like with Brady um, is awesome. And I love that for Mac Jones. Um, I think I was a little worried about him as a rookie not having any time to adjust and just being thrown in and taking over Cam Newton and all of that drama. But um, I think that he got really lucky. Like I think Bill Belichick will develop him and, and do really well. So I'm excited about that. You know, when it comes, I was, I was happy to see the the mass holes take some of their, take some of their medicine uh, yeah. because I am a firm believer. Like I, I remember last year I was at the NFC championship game and I saw just as many, if not more, Patriots Brady jerseys in the stands than I did Bucks ones. And right. that really bothers me. One of the biggest ways that society has devolved is the acceptance of player fans. 
So meaning, oh, hey, in the NBA, I'm not a basketball fan. I don't, you know, I don't have a favorite team. I'm a LeBron fan. I hate that because right. then you can have whatever the hell favorite team you want. And then you're coming at me who does have a favorite team. And it's like, I live and die with this team all the time. And you're just rooting for a fucking player. Excuse me, but you're just rooting for a player. And yeah. I, I really struggle with that because <clears throat> like I said, like I kind of mentioned in the open, I was taught when I was younger, you pick your team and that's your team. And mm-hmm. the players are always going to change. Yeah. So you can just pick a different favorite team. every. Now, I understand having certain favorite players. Like I have a soft spot now for the Indiana Pacers because Kiefer Sykes went to UW Green Bay. I went to college with that kid, mm-hmm. watched him work his ass off, and now he's in the NBA. So, yes, if the Pacers are not playing the Mavericks, I am rooting for the Pacers. Yeah. I have a soft spot for the Philadelphia Eagles because I grew up rooting for the Eagles a bunch because my dad is an Eagles fan. But I am not rooting for the Eagles if they're playing the Packers. Right. Like, the Packers come first, the Dallas Mavericks come first. So I really struggle with that. Uh, so watching, watching some Patriots fans have to kind of take an ass kicking that they've handed out for two decades was, was kind of a nice thing to see. And I do think the Bills are good enough to go to the Super Bowl. I think they beat the Chiefs this weekend, and I think that the winner of that game is the team that goes to the Super Bowl. So I am, I'm looking forward to that one. I am happy that that game is not on the same day as the Packers game because I will now be able to watch it instead yeah. of – like you said, if I'm at the game, I miss all the others. So I'm not going to miss that game because I am tuned in as soon as that game starts until the final gun goes off. I think if the Bills got there, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't think it's I don't think it's them this year, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, not very often, but I'm wrong sometimes. Um, so then we move on to Sunday. So we started with uh, the Eagles Bucks, which was horrendous. And I don't even know if it's worth talking about. I was rooting for the Eagles and they let me down. Um, but I don't know that it's worth talking about. <laughs> no, so just from bad. the standpoint of like the, the Eagles game and the Steelers game kind of go hand in hand with me of, we do not need seven teams to make the playoffs. No. But that, it's that's the way it's going to be forever. Now, if yeah. unless they add to eight, that'll be the only way that it's not seven anymore is if it's eight again. Yeah. I just, yeah. Some of these matchups and that's kind of what I struggle with sometimes when you're having your, your top seed play your lowest seed, uh, the issue in hockey too is sometimes it's a blowout and sometimes it's not, um, you know, when you have close, close division, but that it was just trash. It was terrible. I hated the outcome. I hated everything about it. Um, so then we had our afternoon game on Sunday, which was San Francisco and the Cowboys. I was so excited that the Niners won, um, but I also wouldn't have been sad if the Cowboys won because I wanted to destroy them. Um, but I said from the very beginning and it's recorded on some podcasts and it's in some tweets. So it's, it's for sure. I said many times that the Cowboys will be out first round because yeah, you did. Right. Thank you for supporting me in that. Um, because it is very, very easy to look good when you play the Eagles, the Washington football team and the giants. Twice. Yes, you have six games that probably you're going to win when you're the best in the division. Now, someone uh, on Twitter said, uh, Robin actually said to me that it could be this, it could be the same about our division, which I would argue that's not true. One, because we lost two of those games. Two of the, the, games that we lost were against our division. So it kind of negates that. And I don't know what the the Cowboys record was against their division, but um, 
the lions yes like you could say okay it's not fair because you have the lions but when you have someone like the vikings that are not good but not bad um that can easily beat a team that's good uh on their their good days if if they did they beat us yeah if kirk can uh line up under the right guy uh they can play a ball game and so i think our division's a little bit different gotten under the wrong person though, many a times many a times <laughs> different podcast for a different day yeah i i don't think it's the same as our division but i said that from the beginning i said the cowboys aren't that good the cowboys look good because of who they're playing you know they went four and one in their first five games on uh, and, and that's great but when you look at their first five games it's not surprising uh, and I said the same thing about no. the Broncos and I'm from Colorado and Broncos fans were losing their damn minds when they were, I think it was six and oh, like no five and oh, I can't remember, but um, they played really well at the beginning of the year, but they're playing people like Jacksonville. They're playing the giants. Like they're playing these garbage teams that you should win. If you're a mediocre team, you should beat them. Um, so I'm, I'm really just excited. I was right <laughs> because. Yeah, that's fair. I, who doesn't like being right? I completely understand that feeling. Uh, when it came to the game specifically, I don't particularly like either team. Uh, yeah. Growing up in the 90s, the Cowboys were the nemesis. The Niners obviously have had some history against the Packers in the playoffs as well. I don't like Kyle Shanahan. I find him to be smug. I find him to be arrogant, and I think he's a choke artist. And I think that's going to manifest itself on Saturday. Um, but the Cowboys, I've never liked the Cowboys. I do like Mike McCarthy. Um, I know it's kind of popular for Packers fans to not like Mike, but my story is kind of twofold. Number one, McCarthy's the coach of the Super Bowl team from my lifetime, so I'm always thankful for something like that. Number yeah. two, uh, Mike McCarthy met me at a – I was an intern for Packer Report when I was in college, asked him a couple questions. He answered them nicely for me, which I appreciated, and then he saw me a couple years later – and kind of looked like he recognized me and said that he hoped things were going well for me. So I was always appreciative of that. He's to me, maybe he's not the greatest coach anymore. And I don't think he is. I said earlier on my show, uh, the pick six podcast that, that the Cowboys should certainly look into firing him. I think the game has passed him by, but I'm not going to openly or actively root against him for any reason now, other than the fact that he coaches the Cowboys who after Vikings bears, Tom Brady is probably my least favorite team in the NFL. Yeah. I, I like Mike McCarthy too. I don't, I shouldn't say I like him. I don't hate him. Um, part of it is because I became a Packers fan very late in my life. So I didn't see, uh, a lot of what he did. I didn't see the good stuff. I just kind of saw the bad stuff. So I have to acknowledge that he brought us to a Super Bowl ish. Um, but then I also saw the downfall and the, the horrid decision-making and the, the lack of balls, uh, you know, in so many words, he, he didn't make any, big decisions that you know could have changed things for us he kind of held us back in that regard but it's kind of fun uh to watch the cowboys and and mccarthy and the decisions that are made and when he goes for it and when he doesn't and um and just see that oh that you know 2017 2018 season like it was rough and it was a lot yeah. because of the things that he is doing with the cowboys and and it's disappointing because i do like Dak. Um, his comments after the game uh, were a little weird, but very uncharacteristic of Dak, I felt like. But um, I like Dak. I apologize for those. I don't know if you saw that or not. I didn't see that. I'm, I'm glad he did because that was 
kind of shitty. Um, and like I said, uncharacteristic of him. I feel like uh, he's generally a pretty even-keeled guy. But uh, I like Dak. I think he's talented. Um, I'm sad he's on the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I find him easy to root for. You know, I remember one of the more heartbreaking images of last season was Prescott leaving Dallas Stadium in tears because he had a broken ankle and yep. and all that stuff. Obviously, he's kind of got that that underdog thing since he was a fourth round pick, and then he only played because Tony Romo got hurt, and then he kind of took that job and never looked back. Yeah, uh, I do like Prescott. Like I met, like you mentioned, if he played for another team, he'd be a lot easier to root for. Like I said, that was out of character. Uh, so I'm willing. He he apologized. He was probably told to apologize, but. You know, one of the things, and I get it, it's collectively bargained. It's, it's part of their job is they have to meet the media. But, you know, we're asking players to be, what was it from the Dark Knight? Harvey Dent says, we're asking people to be decent in an indecent time. Yeah. It's like you're asking players to be professional in a time where, like, Prescott thought his team was going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now they lost in the last play of the game. It's something that could have been avoided potentially if they had done it right. better. So it's easy to deflect blame and do some stuff like that. But I am always in the camp of never blame the officials. You always are able to, and that includes the fail Mary from 2012. You know, you're always in control of something, control mm-hmm. what you can and the officials won't matter is what I would have told Dak. But that being said, like it should be easy to say, don't throw stuff at people, but I, I'm not condoning it, but I understand like why he was upset and frustrated right. and spoke out of character. You can't even imagine losing a playoff game like that, the way it happened um, when you had really high hopes, you come off of an injury, like all of these things are just compounding on this poor guy. Uh, And then some guy, you know, talks about throwing trash at the officials. And I can't say that I wouldn't have said that. Like I, there are plenty of times when I'm upset and I act that way because I'm upset or cranky or just having a bad day. Like I just don't have a microphone in front of your face. Exactly. Exactly. I can't say that I wouldn't have said the same. So I don't hold it against him. He didn't uh, commit any crimes. So I think I'll stick with my love for Dak Prescott. I I hope he succeeds. I, whether with the Cowboys or not, um, I'm still rooting for him for sure. Um, Moving on to the Steelers game. What did they play? Chiefs win. Ben sucks. Move on. (laughs) Okay. That was quick. All right. Um, I actually thought the Steelers could pull it out, so I'm a little sad they didn't, but um, only for me being right. Uh, I'm thankful that they're out. I hate that team. I hate Roethlisberger, so I don't care. Um, Yay for Chiefs. I don't know. I don't really care about the Chiefs. Um, My favorite Cardinals-Rams game. What are your thoughts before I lay into you a little bit? It is... It is one of the biggest no-shows I have ever seen. And credit to the Rams. The Rams are part of this, obviously. Um, The Cardinals from the opening snap looked like a team that just was not ready for that spot. Um, You know, I I told you before the game started, it was kind of a perfect scenario for me because I either get to make fun of Matt Stafford and Odell Beckham and the Rams kind of in general um, Mm -hmm. because the Rams are like the Madden fantasy football hype team. Um, or I get to make fun of Cliff. If I look like Jacob, I would be an FCS quarterback coach, Kingsbury. And Kingsbury was, his game plan was terrible. Kyler Murray did not play well. And I don't think Kingsbury helped him out at all. I said something during the game of like, Kyler after the first series is clearly shook. So your job as the coach at that point is to settle him down and get him into a rhythm. And everything was just vertical shots. It's like they were trying to 
hit a 70-yard bomb to get Kyler settled down. And that is so rare. You know, part of the reason, like Brett Favre's first touchdown pass in Super Bowl 31 is something that is so rare because it was a 54-yarder that kind of got him settled into the game. But that just doesn't happen that often to where you hit those big plays early and often like that. I just felt like they were trying to do that when they should have been a little more, you know, run a couple hitches, run the ball a little bit, get Kyler into things. But they just – they couldn't do that. The Rams are very talented. You know, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. It's, it's rare that – I can see why people think the Rams are a Super Bowl team. You know, when you look at that defense – and you got Aaron Donald, who's the best front seven player in the sport. And you've got Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best secondary player in the sport. That's a really good start to a potentially really good defense. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, Cam Akers had a really good night. He tore his Achilles six months ago and looks that explosive. And it takes me two tries to get off the couch. So I'm incredibly jealous of Cam Akers from that standpoint. Odell Beckham, I mean, I've, I've if I'm going to eat pro for the quarterback, I'll just do this while I'm at it too. I did say during the year when they signed Beckham, and I still stand by I did not want Odo Beckham on the Packers. I still don't want Odo Beckham on the Packers. But I did say that it was more likely that Beckham got cut for the end of the season than he made a significant impact on the Rams. And he's clearly made an impact on the Rams last night. He had a touchdown reception. He threw a pass down the field that was pretty cool. Um, Cooper Cup is obviously a first-team all-pro receiver. And credit to Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, I still stand by what I said. He's the same dude that he was in Detroit, and that is mm -hmm. true. The only beef I have with Matthew Stafford, and I certainly play into that for those of you guys that follow me on Twitter, um, the only beef I had with him was when they traded him from Detroit to the Rams was this idea that Stafford has always been on this level with Rodgers and Mahomes, and it was just the Lions that made it so he couldn't do that. Yeah. And I don't buy that. Um, yeah. You saw Stafford with Rams this year. Like I said, he's the same dude. He, threw the, he, he has some nice plays. He has some plays where he can throw a no-look ball between a needle and he has another player, too, where he throws the ball right to a defender. He threw as many pick sixes this year as Aaron Rodgers threw interceptions all season. Uh, but that being said, that team is very talented. And if they get the good version of Matthew Stafford, they can beat Tampa Bay. I don't think they're going to. Um, not because I don't think they're going to get the good version of Stafford. It's just Tom Brady's inevitable. And that team in general feels like they're inevitable. And it feels like if the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, it has to go through beating Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. um, but – yeah, kudos, Matthew Stafford. You got a, you got a playoff win, uh, but I do think it is kind of funny, some of those apologists, not you specifically, but pointing into, oh, he won a playoff game. It's like, well, you told me for years that he wasn't the reason they were winning. <laughs> like if he's the, so if he's the reason they won last night, then he's the reason they lost all of those games in Detroit too. And it, it can't, nobody you. ever likes it to work both ways. And Packer, fan, Packer fans do this with Rodgers all the time. They're always like, oh, Kirk Cousins has no rings. It's like, well, then by that token, Rodgers only has one. Just one, yeah. So if you're gonna do the if you're gonna do the ring thing for other quarterbacks when it fits your narrative, then you have to do it for everybody. It's the same with wins and losses okay, in Stafford. Fine, the Vikings have to, no rings. Like I'll still say it. That's oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But kudos to Stafford. He played well enough. Uh he I will say this, he is gonna have to be better to because last night I mean the other reality is I could have played quarterback last night and probably beaten those Cardinals with the way that everybody else I'm joking a little bit but I mean name a quarterback that you don't think is very good they could have played last night and probably beaten up on those Cardinals because they were just horrendous and it was sad to see as somebody who does like Kyler Murray but go ahead this is okay. why I'm here this is exactly why you're here but before we get to Matthew Stafford I want to talk about Kyler Murray because I uh, had a very strong opinion about Kyler Murray last season 
And my opinion, he had a really good game and I couldn't even tell you who it was against, who it was against. But after that game, everyone said, Oh my gosh, Kyler Murray is the next Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, this Kyler Murray, that wouldn't shut up about him. I said, I think he's overrated. I don't think he's that good. Um, and then this season came around and I, I ate crow on it and I said, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe he is pretty good. And then I'm watching this game last night and I, maybe I'm right. I, I don't, he's so, I don't know if he's inconsistent. I don't know what it is. And I don't watch enough Cardinals games to like analyze how I feel about Kyler Murray. Um, but I had very Here's strong opinions. They are seven and 15 after the month of October since Kyler Murray became the starting quarterback per Justice Muscato. Okay. Thank you. So, okay. I feel a little validated. Um, it, and that those are games he played. He started in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel validated because I, when he got hurt, um, I was like, okay, well, when he comes back, maybe we'll see. And then he came back really good. And then, I don't know, I've I've been so inconsistent about my opinion on Kyler Murray, but I, I said he was a fraud, and I'm kind of going back to that. I might have to stick with that opinion. Um, he played a couple of good games, but I don't know. I'm just not on the Kyler Murray bandwagon. Um, However, Sewell Douglas broke him. I know. I'm not mad about it. Um, I am on the Matthew Stafford bandwagon, and I have been for a very long time. Um, I agree with you that he is the same quarterback he was with the Lions. That's not my argument. My argument is the reason why he makes such poor decisions, um, which really is his downfall. He's a very good quarterback, um, but he can't make good decisions. Like, he he's one of those guys that I was talking about. You he's know, not just, dating you so clearly. Right? Yeah. He makes really bad decisions. His, we're not going to get into his wife, <laughs> but she's overcome a lot. And I don't want to say negative things about her. Um, but she also makes poor decisions. I forgot so. about that when I said that. So my apologies <laughs> to the Stafford family. Oops. I don't think they're going to listen to this podcast, but if they do, what's up, Matthew, she's overcome a lot. So I'm not going to say a lot about her, but he makes poor decisions and his wife's also, but he makes bad decisions. He throws balls when he shouldn't. Uh, he could benefit from throwing out of bounds sometimes. Uh, he scrambles when he shouldn't. Like, he scrambles when he doesn't need to. Like, he has all this time and he's just scrambling. And it's like, there's no reason for it. Uh, he also doesn't scramble when he maybe should. Um, but my theory about this is he spent, what was it, thir- 12 seasons uh, with the Lions. Um, right? Is that right? Yeah, that is. Okay. Um, so he spent 12 seasons with the – I'm really impressed with myself. Um, he spent 12 seasons with the Lions in constant, like, battle mode. Like, the poor man had no time to, like, relax at all ever. So he spent all of these years trying to bail them out. And now he's with the Rams where he doesn't necessarily have to do that. Um, but I, th- I think he's still in that, like, f- you know – I don't, I don't know what to call it, but like, he's still in that mode of like self-defense of like trying to figure out how to save it when he doesn't necessarily have to save it. And I think that next season, this is why I've said, this is the Packers year. If they can go to the Super Bowl and win it. And I, I, I have a feeling in my heart and soul, but I've been wrong before, but I think they're going to beat the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. And 
I said, if that happens this year, we go to the Super Bowl, we win the Super Bowl, I'll be satisfied. And then I think the Rams time is next year because I think with one more year playing with the Rams, if they can keep some of these guys, then I think he'll be a lot better. Like he just needs to settle into the team a little bit. He didn't throw any picks last night, which like you said, the defense kind of played like trash, but uh, for the Cardinals, but he didn't throw any last night, which he throws picks like you hand out candy on Halloween. Like it's so bad, but he didn't last night. And that is a big key, I think, for for the Rams is for him to not throw picks. Like, that poor man. I still love him. I think he's great. I don't think he was the sole reason they won that game. Uh, you shot me in the foot when you said wins aren't a QB stat. I, I say that all the time, and I feel that. Um, but he played really well last night, and I, I just hope he plays that way next week because I want them to win really bad. And then I want to just – Yeah, I don't care. I don't care who wins. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the vision of Rashawn Gary sacking either Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady. Um, that being said, if you had to ask me which one would feel a little bit better, the answer is Brady. Uh, just that's the guy, right? You know, I remember I was talking to Wayne Larravee once, of all places, of all people. And he was talking about how, like, when you want to win a championship, you want to beat that team. So, you know, like the Georgia Bulldogs, they want to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide to win a championship. And they were able to do that. You know, the Yankees are that team in baseball, kind of like what we talked about with those hated teams earlier. The guy you want to beat is Tom Brady. And, and that's where part of me is kind of like, I've got a bunch of, again, it's Packer fans just annoy the crap out of me with some of this stuff. It's like, they talk all the time. Oh, we're the best team. We're the best team. And it's like, well, I don't want to play them. Now right, it's like, okay, the well, this team. is the best. Right. It's like, well, this is the best chance for the Bucks to lose before. And I do agree. This is the, you know, of the teams that Tampa could have played in this round, this is the worst matchup for them just because of the Rams' ability to get pressure with four. Stafford can go score for score with Brady if he's on his game. But I don't care if we have – like, I almost want that. It's like bring him on, bring him to Lambeau, and let's beat them. Because yeah. then they can't say anything about how, well, Green Bay won the Super Bowl, but they didn't have to play so-and-so. And they got fortunate that they didn't have to play. So like, I don't care. Yeah. Bring him on, bring them on because that is the team that broke your heart a year ago mm-hmm. and caused you to lose a home NFC championship game, go back to the locker room crying, or in my case, back to my car. That's the team I want to play. Uh, so I'm not rooting for anybody, but yeah, kudos Stafford's in the game. If he beats, if he, if they beat Brady and company and Stafford throws like four touchdowns and no picks, then it might be time for me to revisit a couple conversations just because, I've been on record. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, and and that would certainly be uh, incorrect if if they do happen to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, yeah. Um, but even just beating Brady on the road, you know, I think the issue with with this Rams team is I think the last week of the regular season they screwed their chance of going to the Super Bowl just because they play Arizona, they win that. But now it's likely. They're going to have to go to, if chalk holds, obviously they'll play Tampa in Tampa, and then they'll have to go to Green Bay and win in Green Bay. And I just have a really hard time seeing the Rams having beating both of those teams on the road and route to the Super Bowl, whereas they would have gotten at least one of those teams at home most, or avoided them all together if they had won that last game of the season and been the two seed. Yeah, I I was disappointed in the way that, that last game of the season went for them. Um but I agree with you. I think if you're going to say you're the best team in the NFL, then it shouldn't matter who you're playing. Um, I would love either matchup. Uh, if And if the Rams go to Lambeau for the NFC Championship game and we make it there, 
I will still be a Packers fan and I still will want them to win. Everyone thinks that I'll cheer for Stafford. I won't. I will be. I don't think that. Thank you. I will 100% be a Packers fan. Um, However, if the Rams happen to win and beat us, I will be sad, very, very sad for like 13 days. And then when I get to watch the Rams in a Super Bowl, I won't be so sad anymore. Um, Not what I want. Uh, But if, yeah, if we get Brady at Lambeau at the end of January, I mean, there's really not much better you can get. I, I would love that. I would love for him to get destroyed. I would love to beat him, but I, I think we can beat any team that's left. I do think we are the best in the league. If we can show up, um, then they don't stand a chance. So I don't care either. I'm with you. I don't care. Uh, there are teams that I would like to see more than others for certain reasons. I just, I don't like Brady and I don't like the bucks and I want them out as soon as possible. But then on the flip side, I want them there longer to break their hearts even more. So Different feelings, but uh, I think we're going to have some good games. I'm excited to be there this weekend. You're going, correct? Yep, I will be there. Are you going, going, or are you working? I'm working, so okay. I have to be there like six hours early or something stupid like that. Something you know? stupid, so yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's a yeah. first world problem, but still a problem I have. Yeah, that sucks. I'll be tailgating, of course, so everyone's welcome. Um, I've never been to this tailgate, but just for anybody who is listening, go to the t- Okay, because I promise you it's a good time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You need to come, you know, next season. Um, if you're able to. I know that. uh the Super Bowl parade. Okay. All right. If we do we can did, we tailgate for the Super Bowl parade? Uh we will ta- tailgate the parade. I don't know if that's a thing, but we'll make it a thing. We'll it, our- it was. I will tell okay. you it was. Um, okay. ten years ago. It was I remember it being funny. They won. And then I was texting my buddy, uh, his name's Chuck. He's from Green Bay. He's back fan. He's a little older than I am. So he remembers like the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you know, if we go to the, or if they win, you know, we won. do you want to go to the parade? And I was like, ah, you know, is that really worth going to? He's like, dude, you want to go trust me. Yeah. So we bought tickets. I skipped school that day. Love I was it. in college. So I skipped a couple of classes and drove up to Green Bay, but yes, there were people, it was frigid. It was the middle of February and like below zero mm-hmm. and standing outside watching just the team accept the trophy and, and celebrate stuff. It's unlike anything else. You know, I can't, it, and I don't want to liken the two things, but I'm going to, cause I can't think of another analogy, but it's almost like the emotions you feel when a child, when you have a child that's born. Uh, it's not the same. Obviously I, the happiest day of my life is the day my daughter was born, but Super Bowl 45 is on the short list. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's in, it's in the top five, top 10 ish area of happiest days in my life. And it's unlike anything else. So I, I hope you get to experience it. And then, yeah, that parade, I, I've already told, I've already got the day after the Super Bowl off of work and the next day after that. So I'm hoping if they win, there's a parade on Tuesday, but <laughs> if they win, I'm driving up to green Bay on Monday morning, if not Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to think about, it. I mean, I'm currently unemployed, fun employed, I like to say. So I don't have a lot of things going on. Tickets so. are like tickets are like five bucks too. So oh, shit. I mean, if okay. it's really something like that, I'll get you one. Like, no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> poor. I get it. I, I, I'm unemployed. I'm not poor. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know everybody's situation. I'm just telling you, like, I wouldn't want you to miss out or anybody to miss out because of yeah. saying, like, hey, you know, five bucks, I can't spare. Well, I I appreciate so. that. I appreciate that. And and I'll put it out there if someone wants to go, it doesn't or can't spend the money, I'll buy you a ticket. Um, 
to the parade, not your plane ticket. So Jamie, I'm sorry. I can't buy you a plane ticket. Um, Jamie, just for clarification purposes, nor can I. <laughs> I don't think you would ask me, but nor can I. <laughs> well, great. That was a good recap of, of our wild card. Um, I'm very excited for this weekend. Um, I'm happy you were here. Uh, we're going to play our little game uh, here in a second, but I'm thankful that you came on. I'm sorry you couldn't be my first guest, but number two is not bad. It's okay. I, you know, like I said, I, number two is never bad. What did they say? First is the worst and second is the best. Although I wouldn't call <laughs> Jamie the worst uh, because that's rude as all holy hell. But no, I appreciate you having me. I'm always, uh, you know, I remember when I started my podcast, it feels like, you know, forever ago, I've been doing this stuff for about 10 years. You know, yeah. Game on Wisconsin is in its relative infancy, but before that I was with Packers Talk and did some stuff with Cheesehead TV. Um, I was never officially affiliated with them, but I did some stuff with them and for them. Then did my own stuff for a while and, and now there's this and, you know, everybody, I think I remember you saying like, I don't, I'm not sure if I should do it because there's so many of them. Do it. It's an outlet. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one hour that I get to do my podcast on my own every week is awesome. It's led to some cool opportunities for me. I was on the radio in Green Bay today. Um, that's a lot of fun. You know, whatever you're, as long as at the end of the day, it's something you're proud of that you created, then it doesn't matter if everyone else thinks it's just another podcast because I, right. I don't like that sentiment anyways. Like, yeah, there's a million of them and you want to find what makes yours different. But as long as you're proud of it, whatever happens from there happens. It's, it's a yeah. lot of fun. You know, even name the most popular podcasts in the world. Lockdown Packers started as an infant podcast with no listeners and no viewers. And now it's the number one podcast. Shout out to my friend, Peter Bukowski. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Peter. I, Peter's great. I, him and I don't interact very often, but when we do, it's always wonderful. I think he, um, he says some wild things that like set people off sometimes and I love it. Um, because he, he stands his ground, which, uh, I applaud him for. Um, sometimes it's hard, but, uh, I love that about him and I, I think he's a genuine, wonderful person. So shout out to Peter. Just to go on that. Um, I talk to Peter every day. Yeah. Uh, Peter and I, he would actually call me a friend. I, I think, um, <laughs> our, our group chat name is media friends. Um, okay. so that's just, I think that means we're friends. I, but I think that puts when it comes category. to. Yeah. So, I mean, you know how it goes when some people are like in, you know, I always say the people that call themselves real journalists or real content creators, sometimes they can be a little superficial and snobby and not yep. give you the help that you're asking for when really like anytime I've asked him for help, anytime I've asked him to come on, if he's able, he does it. Yeah. Um, I know people don't like him, uh, which is kind of the nature of it. Not everybody's going to like you, but yeah, legitimately, genuinely. I don't like you, so it works out. That's fair. And <laughs> and you cannot hate me any more than I already hate myself. So you know that by now. Um, but yeah, Peter, one of the most genuine guys I've ever yeah. met and very appreciative. Um, I can tell you that when it comes to Game On Wisconsin specifically, that is not where it is without some of his guidance. So awesome. very appreciative to, to Peter that. and I'll defend him anywhere. Yeah, that's really great. I, I'm glad that my opinion of Peter is not uh, the only wonderful opinion. I think he's great. I think he's wonderful. Um, he always has an open invitation to come chat. I would love to have him on. And also since I was talking to you before we started recording, but, uh, Dusty, uh, helped me a lot last week with getting the podcast out. So that while guy we're doing sucks. Nice. <laughs> I'm about to say really nice him. things. <laughs> um, he helped Dusty's me a lot last week. He's wonderful. And I just want to give him a shout out too while we're talking about nice people. Um, he's wonderful. He helped me a lot get it out it wouldn't have gotten out uh 
definitely not on that Wednesday um, if he hadn't helped me. So I really appreciate that. Um, do you want to get into our game? I'm so excited. Yeah, let's play. Because as much as we talk and uh, how, I mean, we've hung out a couple of times and um, I still don't feel like I know you very well. So I'm excited about this. I can tell you that honestly, so I think we've, we've been in the same setting like three times. Yeah. Last one was on Christmas where I met right. with you and Kim Colello and Kyle Virgin Kyle, uh, poor Kyle. Um, what you know is probably about all there is to me, but I'm, let's, let's see. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Okay. So the way this works is I'm going to ask you three questions about me. I already know my answers, obviously. I'm going to let you answer and then I'll tell you if you're right. And then I'm going to have questions about you that I'm going to wait for you to answer. I'm going to give my answer about you and you'll tell me if I'm right. Okay. All right. Outside of a spotted cow, because it doesn't count, what's my go-to drink? Oh, I'm trying to think if I've seen you drink anything. I think I bought you a Miller Lite I was, at the Game On Wisconsin party. No. You've bought me drinks before, and they were not Miller Lights. <laughs> I don't drink beer were, outside Well, we had cow. the Miller Lite special. Oh, no, I take that back then. It was a green and golden, which is like a lime vodka and, and lemonade, I believe, is their deal. But <laughs> that I bought a great, bunch though. of stuff for people. That, I spent way too much fucking money at that party. Uh, I, I know I that. believe uh, that. I, I, got a pretty, I got a pretty solid lecture when I went home that Monday. Yeah, I uh, that. Your favorite drink aside, let me think. Let me think here. I'm going to go with a Jack and Coke. I, I, I wouldn't feel mind like it. a whiskey girl. <laughs> You, if you bought me a Jack and Coke, I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, but I drink Amaretto Sours. I'm high maintenance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I, yes. Yeah. When you said that, it clicked. Yes. Okay. And the, the bar has to have Amaretto, which a lot of like um, little tiny hole in the wall bars in Wisconsin don't have Amaretto, uh, in which case I do go to a Jack and Coke. Um, if I'm out of a bar and I'm eating, what's my bar food of choice? Cheese curds. You're from Wisconsin. You're not I'm, from Wisconsin, but you live in Wisconsin. Wrong. Um, I do love cheese curds though, but big ass pretzels like those. Giant, oh yeah. Oh my God. Have you had, you've had the big pretzel at the distillery, right? No. Caitlin. Oh my God. Okay. Next time you're in green Bay. So okay. Saturday. I'm going to be there before, all weekend. Okay. So before it gets wild, go to the okay. distillery, get one of them big ass pretzels. Okay. And when you get that pretzel, get the cinnamon butter. Okay. And get two of those. They okay. are life they have, changing. And does it have beer cheese with it? I love beer cheese. You can get beer cheese as well, but trust okay. me when I say the cinnamon butter is life shortening and better. Okay, great. I love that. Um, I will try both of them and I'll give you my review. Um, okay. What's my favorite flower? A sunflower. I do love sunflowers, but it's a tulip. You wouldn't have known that. There's no reason on the planet why you would know that my favorite flowers are tulip so i had to set you up for failure but i do love sunflowers a lot the detroit um, lions of the newlywed game and i am matthew stafford this has come full <laughs> circle <laughs> i don't even know what to say to that it's you threw a pick or two but it's fine all right now i'm gonna ask you these questions but before you answer i'm gonna give my answer okay okay <sighs> what tailgating game are you best at? So this is like, I don't know, beer pong, bags, or cornhole. I call it cornhole. Sure. I don't know what, don't know what you call it. Um, bags. Or, of course you do. 
um, or like I play flip cup. So anything like that along those lines. Um, I see you as a bags guy. I am. Um, Stadium view before they played the Washington football team at Bova and I actually beat uh, a couple of uh, women that were playing against us. Uh, we beat them twice, but we told them that we didn't and allowed them to win that. Well, they ended up winning off of that, but we purposely miscounted so they could win. Um, wow. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay at bags. Once I figure out the muscle memory of how to throw the bag onto there, I'm pretty good at uh, yeah. getting them on the, on the board and, and in the bucket. Awesome. I'm really, really I said in bad. the bucket because I didn't want to say in the hole. You can say in the hole. We're a dirty I'm good at getting it in the hole when Are it comes sure? to bags. Eh, there it is. When it com- I said when it comes to bags. I'm keeping my mouth shut here. Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> um, would you rather live in the cold or the heat? Okay. And I'm going to say the cold, and here's my reasoning. Every time we talk about how to stay warm for Packers games, you have, like, 700 suggestions which i do too life hacks yeah and i do too but that's because i like being cold like i like the cold much better than the heat and so if someone's like oh how do i stay warm i have like a bunch of suggestions or like places that you can get stuff that make you stay warm without a lot of like bulk i feel like you're that you're like a hoodie and jeans guy like i'm a hoodie and jeans girl i am um and not only that i've told you before that i want to live in wisconsin uh, i've lived in the cold my whole life i'm a firm believer that it can be societally, is that a word? Acceptable. Yeah. To socially acceptable. More, socially, that's the word. Yes. <laughs> it's more socially acceptable to put more clothes on than it is to take them off. Um, not only that, but I have like folds in places that are not flattering. <laughs> so if it's really hot, I'll sweat. And then when I stand up, it's like you can see the shirt where it sweats in appropriate spots. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, yeah. you know, my thing, I hate shoveling. Um, but now that I have a snowblower, I just don't care. Uh, I can yeah. always put more clothes on, but you can only take somebody off. And yeah, like you said, I've got life hacks up the wazoo for how to stay warm in a, like a couple of weeks ago for the Vikings game. I was good. Yeah. Like it was frigid below zero and it just didn't matter. I was fine. My last question, which I kind of, this is unfair. I kind of know the answer cause we just had this discussion, but, but you also live in a place with a lot of lakes. So maybe I'm wrong. Um, beach or the mountains? Cause I'm a mountain girl. I would live in the mountains, um, and never speak to anyone if I could. I think I'm going to alter this a little bit because I think that you're a beach guy, but not like Florida sun beach. I think like Lake beach, like Lake Michigan, because I don't know that you're like a full mountain guy. So I'm going to stick with that. Uh, so I've never been fully to the mountains. Oof, man. Um, however, I am more intrigued by that than, than the beach. Okay. Um, number one, I don't like sand on my body. Uh, yeah. Number two, and this is like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to kind of discuss just because of what it is, <laughs> but the Packers this year have that, like Dakota Mitchell made that embrace your kink thing because of the discussion about Aaron Rodgers' toe. Right. And I'm not kidding when I tell you I wear shoes and socks everywhere except for in the shower or in the pool. And do you wear I'm socks to bed? Comfortable, like I to absolutely sleep? Absolutely do. Yes. Man. So not only 
Yeah, I know. And, and I know that makes some people think I'm like a terrorist, but yeah, basically, um, or a psychopath or what, you know, whatever, all phrase of the above. Use. Um, I am so like, I've never in my life been more uncomfortable watching a football team than when the Packers kept doing that thing where they would be showing their foot and, and talking about that. And the amount of discussions that we've had about Aaron Rodgers' foot, and Billy Turner's big toe, and just all that kind of stuff. And the uncomfort level or the discomfort level that I get when other people like are not wearing shoes and socks is it's uncomfortable to me, even though it's like not anything that I can, like, it's not like I'm standing there staring at you or anything like that as you're not yeah. doing it. It's just, I keep my distance if that's the case. Okay. So we have something in common. I have like a huge, huge, huge foot phobia. So it's yep. gotten, a, it's gotten a lot better. Um, but I, I used to remember have, the word phobia, but that is yeah, it. Yeah. I, and um, mine, here's the thing though, is mine applies to me too though. So like I've never, ever, ever, ever worn a pair of flip-flops ever. And I never will. Um, See, mine doesn't apply to me, it's just other people. I, and I understand, and I think that's how most people kind of are. Like, I understand I'm the weird one in this case, (laughs) but that is, that is how I've never worn a pair of flip-flops. I've never worn a pair of sandals since I've been old enough to make my own decisions that way. And like I told you, if I'm not in the shower or in the pool, then shoes and socks hundred percent of the time. Interesting. I used to have panic attacks in high school. Like when people would touch me with their feet, which, um, I was in theater and stuff. So I'd have like dance classes where we'd have to be barefoot. Um, and it's terrifying. Like one of the worst experiences of my life every time it happens is going to the airport and you have to take off your shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much like me taking off my shoes, but it's walking behind people who have to, yep. And like their sweaty, Same yep. sweaty footprints. And okay. Um, enough of that. Um, thank you. Yeah, for coming my apologies. On We've gone everywhere. No, no, it's been great. It's been great. That's that's kind of the point. I, I'm glad that we didn't just talk football. Um, I got to know you a little bit better. You got to know me. Uh, hopefully people learned some things. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you and what you're working on, on if you're working on anything cool. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. I always say that is a Packers takes and pictures of Blake account. Um, so I post a lot of pictures of my two-year-old daughter. She's the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And I talk a lot about the Packers because they are my favorite thing in the world that is not my family. Um, and as far as things I'm working on, I do the Pick 6 podcast every Tuesday. I do a Twitter space uh, every night before the game, whenever the Packers play. So I'm looking forward to doing more of those as we get into it. And potentially, maybe praying, hoping, wishing, knock on wood, uh, might be able to attend uh, media week at the Super Bowl if the Packers are in fact in it. So we'll see if I'm traveling to LA in a couple of weeks. That would be awesome. I would be stoked for you. It's a it's a shot in the dark, to be honest. And I wouldn't say it's likely, but it has been applied for and it is at least possible. Awesome. That's so great. Well thank you for coming on and thanks for hanging out and being my second guest. Um and hopefully we can do it another time. Um I enjoy talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me. If you ever need any help with uh, this show or or anything else, then I just gave you your ways of how to find me. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And everyone else, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. um, And uh, we'll see you Saturday.